Oh, you guys, this is an exciting one today. My guest is Carrie Roberts, who is an online business manager, agency owner, and digital shop owner. And I've been wanting to have a conversation with her in general for a long time. But I see so many people in the online service provider space thinking about leveraging and growing their business through many different ways, including lots of VIP days, Voxer coaching, workshops, things like that. But I don't see a lot of people talk about e-commerce or digital commerce. So I wanted to dig in with Carrie about her SOP shop, why she started it, what function it has in her business and questions so you guys can think about, is this a viable option for you and your business? Now, Carrie is a founder and CEO of Carrie and Company, an online business management and virtual assistant agency that creates, implements, and manages simple systems for coaches and consultants so they can expand their impact. Her business advice has been featured on Voyage ATL Magazine, The Rising Tide Society, the Speak to Scale podcast, Creative at Heart Conference, and more. Carrie is a host of Finding Freedom with Simple Systems podcast and the creator and host of Overwhelmed to Organized, The Summit. When she isn't being a serial helper through her businesses, she enjoys watching sports with her husband, walking the park with her two dogs, listening to podcasts, sampling tasty bourbons, and catching up on reality TV. Now, if you own an online business or if you own a brick and mortar store and think that having a digital product offering shop could be something that you're considering, definitely listen to this episode. On to Carrie. Carrie, welcome to the Dreamers Manual Podcast. Hi, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. I am so happy you're here. And I've been really looking forward to chatting with you in this episode. I've been checking my calendar. Like, when are we going to get to talk? <laughs> I know. It's like there was so many things going on personally. I kind of had to block a couple of weeks out. So actually, last week was my first week getting back in the groove of podcast episodes, recordings, meetings, all of those kind of things. I love it. Well, I'm happy to be on your calendar and I'm wondering if you could share with us a little bit about who you are and what you do in this online space. Sure. So I'm Carrie Roberts. I'm the owner of Carrie and Company, which is an online business management and virtual assistant agency. Our primary client is coaches and consultants. So pretty much people that are service-based and we create and manage and implement simple systems so that they can expand their impact. And what brought you to doing that? And what brought you maybe even just to working online? Because everybody, I'm always interested in what people's stories are, especially because I know you've been working in this space for a couple of years. And so pre-pandemic, I think it's understandable that people that converted, you know, during all this craziness of the last couple of years, but there are people who, who were here before that doing this thing where people didn't even know really what Zoom was when you talked to them about yes. it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that when everything started going on Zoom, like I seriously have had a Zoom account for like a couple of years now. <laughs> right. And did people, people were asking me like every, the teachers at the kids' school and people were reaching out saying, can you help me uh, get on Zoom? Can you help me figure out my settings? And did the people mm-hmm. reach out to you for that too? Um, a couple like friends and family for sure. Yeah. 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 So what brought you here 
So before the pandemic, um, it's been a while. So take a long story and make it shorter. I'm a physical therapist. I became a physical therapist in 2004. I still am a practicing physical therapist. And then around 2012, I decided I wanted to have some sort of creative outlet. Friends were getting married. I decided I wanted to become a certified makeup artist. So that's what got me into the entrepreneurial world was being a freelance makeup artist. And um, it just was like a whole new opportunity, this online space. And there was coaches and brand strategists and email marketers and all of this knowledge that was just like at your disposal. And so I perfected my business skills, I guess, as a makeup artist and was getting a little bit of attention because I was doing makeup on the side. I was very open and honest about it being a side hustle. And people started asking me to help them with their side hustles. So then I'm like, oh, I'll just branch off and do like business consulting, business strategy, business strategy kind of warped into, actually, I was doing business strategy, time management, those kind of things, still doing makeup, of course, still doing a physical, being a physical therapist. But the pandemic is what made me go from maybe this strategy online business management thing could be a legit replacement of my therapy salary because it had got really, I was doing home care. So I was going to people's houses Mm -hmm. and I just, there was just, we didn't know what we were dealing with and it was scary and I wasn't in the hospital. So I wasn't considered a frontline worker, but I very much felt like a frontline worker. Cause I was, you know, I was one of those exempt people that still had to go to work when everything shut down. Yeah. So then I really leaned into my skills as far as being an online business manager to see what would come of all of that. And, you know, here we are a couple of years later. Now I've quit my therapy job. I just do it a couple of hours a week to keep my skills up, kind of float our income a little bit. And then I do the online business management pretty much. That's my main gig. And makeup is still there that I do a couple of times a month. I love it. I have been having conversations with, especially um, I have a gal on my team named Kim, who is really vocal about being multi-passionate. And so much you hear in this space, everybody needs to niche or niche down. They just need to closer and closer and closer to their ideal clients and to all these things and leave everything else out, which it's not that we can't see that that doesn't work for some people, but also I think it really leaves the people who are multi-passionate and have these things feeling like there's something wrong with them or that they're not doing something right because they have these other interests or other businesses. Yeah. You know, I'm a high achiever as far as being a student. And so I always like that. I never felt the like I needed to choose or that I was pushed in a box or anything like that. Cause I just always knew I wanted to be a physical therapist. I, I just went to school for that and became a therapist and all like that. But as an entrepreneur, that's when I really felt like, like almost like stuffy, like I don't want to be labeled or like, even as a side hustler, like, Oh, you're just a hobbyist. Oh, it's not a real business. It's like, no, it's legit a real business. I get income, I pay taxes, I pay myself, I have someone that helps me. You know, it doesn't matter how much time I was spending in my business. To me, it was all about the outlook. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of things people, I feel sometimes want to label you or kind of put you in a certain position. And it's okay to have more. Now, it's separate. Like my my makeup website is totally different than my online business management website. 
And though I might say I'm a makeup artist and physical therapist as like the get to know me section, like I don't want to confuse my audience for my offers, but me as a person, well, for starters, me as a person is different entity than my businesses, but me as a person has a lot of interests and a lot of hobbies and multiple businesses, but the business is not me and I'm not my business. Mm, That's really powerful. I love that you shared that. And I also love that you talked about how you have it separate because it is very overwhelming from the outside. Like I get why people do it, but it's overwhelming when you come to somebody's site. And maybe you found this for me, like when people apply for positions for my clients for a certain thing, like say a copywriter, and then I go to their website and it says they're, um, I don't know, a tech VA or <laughs> a podcast manager. And like, I, I get it, but also, um, and, and that's, those are areas that are pretty closely related, but sometimes people cram a lot of their passions and their businesses into one's online home. And okay. it's just, it's very, like, I don't know. I feel like I go to those places and then I'm like, I don't know what to do here. I don't know what action you want me to take or who you're speaking to. So I just leave. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if you had, because I guess my background is healthcare. When you go to your primary care doctor, you probably don't expect your primary care doctor to know all the right things, but you probably want your primary care doctor to know who to send you to. Mm -hmm. So if you have like a heart issue, you're probably not going to the PCP for them to run the echo scan and all of this and that you're probably, if they did that, you'd probably be like, wait a second, what's going on? Cause you would probably expect them to send you to the cardiologist because the cardiologist is the heart specialist. And then if you cut yourself wide open, you probably wouldn't expect your primary care doctor to fix that. You probably would expect an urgent care doctor or an orthopedist to fix it. Cause that's what their specialty is. So I don't know why some people, like, it's okay to be multifaceted, but everything kind of does need to have its own place. Mm -hmm. And so just like you may not feel comfortable to go to your primary care and they're doing Botox injections and fixing broken arms and cutting off skin tags and doing something with your nerves, that seems a little scary, but then like, we don't want to scare our potential clients either. So, and even with in the world of um, being an online business manager, you know, there's some online business managers that don't do anything with like hiring and the HR aspect of it. They only want to do systems and processes. There's other online business managers that love doing launch strategy and launch support. So, you know, you can still kind of find your area and then that way you're speaking directly based off of your offers instead of like, I can do everything. Now, once they become your client, And you've got all these skills, you can definitely say, you know, I can help you with this, or I can do that, this or that for you. But it's an added bonus off of what you say is your main thing. And I think that if you do it that way, then it's not confusing. Yeah. And I love that analogy where you shared about the doctor's office, because if you went to a doctor and they had all of these specialties and things happening, then you might think like, maybe this isn't a specialist for me. Maybe this isn't the one because they're like doing all these things. Why though? Like they can't be really good at any one of these things because they're doing 50 of them. And so I think it's the same way that people can know that you have these other things going on, but if they come to visit you and they're overwhelmed by all this stuff, they're going to also maybe think that you're not really specialized or very experienced or knowledgeable in the area you want them to 
come to you and, and hire you for. Right. I agree. So something that I find that happens when people start out, especially in a service-based business, is they get to a point in their business where they realize that they want to leverage their time in a way that either they want to serve more people and or they don't want to always be in a position to trade time straight up for dollars. Because if they have income goals, if they have just growth goals for their business, um, they're going to be looking at some other strategies. And there's a lot of common strategies out there, right? We see a lot of done in a day, Mm -hmm. uh, VIP days, things like that. But I feel like I very rarely hear service providers talk about digital products, de-commerce, and that type of thing. And so I love that you have added that to your suite of products. And I wonder if you could talk about your thought process and how you came to do that. Yes. So you and I were talking before we recorded, we both are subscribed to the same mentor with that um, de-commerce approach. But I signed on for webinar And she was talking about instead of teaching someone how to do the thing that you know how to do, just what do you think about giving them a quick win? And my thing with being an online business manager is I love systems. I like to create simple systems. I like to implement those. That's what my team does. And um, so I have scaled from like an agency approach. But I had this mini course that I put together a couple of years ago, and I think it's really good. And the people that went through it thought it was really good. And it's basically teaching someone how to create their own system. So it walks you through this four-step process. Now, the people that didn't do well with it still felt like overwhelmed or they wanted me to like tell them what to do. And I was like, well, the beauty of it is that I don't have to tell you. You can choose it yourself, but I'm a systems person. So when I heard that webinar, I'm like, well, shoot, I've probably written hundreds of SOPs and workflows and whatnot, but I kind of have the same way of doing it. So what if instead of teaching someone how to write their own workflow or custom system, I gave them a template to show them to use a template so they could write their own based off of a template. And that was where the idea came from. And so I just, I, of course, you know, you, do what everybody else does and ask some of your industry friends if it seems like that would be interesting. And so, yeah, that's what I did. So I have a a shop, it's called the SOP shop or the SOP shop. And I sell workflow and SOP templates for people that are service-based. I really love that. And would you say that the tech or the setup behind it was the same or substantially different than if you would have set something up like a VIP day or maybe a course, like a full course? So I've done both. The VIP day, it just doesn't compare because the VIP day is like a done with you or done for you type service. So there's definitely a limit on how much I can get done in four to six hours. Yeah. So it's like, this is what I can do for you. And basically we'll do as much as we can in the time that's allowed. Whereas with the template, it's it's different because it's finite. It's like, this is the thing that you're getting. And then with the VIP day, I would pre-qualify my clients. I would have to send a um, calendar link and make sure that we were both available at the same time. I do send like a little gift beforehand of all of those client experience type things. Whereas the tech side for the website where the... Um, my template shop is, well, my website lives on Squarespace. Mm -hmm. So I had to change my Squarespace website to a commerce Squarespace Mm -hmm. and then add the products there and then 
that's pretty like instead of a sales page, it's a product page. So this is what you get. This is who it's for. This is how you can use it. And then I went ahead and made a couple of little videos to show people like, this is how you can alter it to make it your own. I love that. What would you say the pros are to having your shop? Like if you were talking to somebody and they came to you and said, what do you love about having a shop? And I maybe before that, we could talk about if somebody came to you and said, should I start a shop? Like, is this for me? Do you have any thoughts or questions you might ask them to see if that's the right path for their business? I would ask them first, like, does does a shop fit into what the services they're already offering? Provided, I'm assuming they already would have some sort of business established. Mm-hmm. Um, and how is the shop going to facilitate what you're already offering so that the shop is not competing with your other offers unless mm-hmm. unless that's what you wanted it to do. And then what are you trying, like, what all would you do? What all would you offer with your digital download, basically? Like, what makes your digital download separate from maybe a digital download that you're giving away that's a freebie? I think that's the main thing. Like, you want your freebie to be of value, right? It should be something that people would pay for, but then now you've got this digital download that's actually something someone that something that they do pay for. Mm-hmm. So how do you step up that creation so if someone is spending money on that they still feel like it was worth more? Absolutely. Like asking them how they would add that value in there to really right. serve the people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that mindset. So what are some of the things you've loved about having an online shop? Okay. So for myself, I love that I can say I own a digital shop. (laughs) It's super honest, but it's true. And I like my name. I I like names that have alliteration. So I like that it's the shop shop. It's kind of cute. And I like that it's something that's easy to use and it's easy to talk about. And that from, for me, but then for, and then something else is I do have a team. So that when the money comes in from the shop, it's not money that I have to pay my team with. It's money that can just sit in the bank account where I can pay myself. So that's a nice win. And it's also something I spent a lot of time and effort to create each one of those things, but I only did it once. And now that it's there, I can um, sell it on repeat. I can put things on sale. Also, I've been a part of different bundles and I'm able to say, or like summits and it's like, oh, I can contribute to your freebie or I can contribute to a gift and reduce one item or um, give something away or whatever. I like having that flexibility to be a part of more collaborative projects because it's I have um, things in my shop at different price points. But for the potential client or for my customers, I love it because it's a really it's a really inexpensive way to get a high valued product. I've had people pay me, you know, four figures to come in their business and create these custom um, workflows or these custom systems, whereas you can get a custom system from my shop for just a hundred or $200. And it's just as effective as what people had paid for by making it custom. So I love that it's a really high value offer that I can give to people that's affordable. And then if you need an online business manager, and you don't have the means for it, or you're considering working with us, but it's not in your budget, then you can start off with the templates. And then that's something that you can build onto like later on as your budget increases. Mm -hmm. So I like the versatility of it. It remind me when your shop launched. 
My shop launched Black, well, technically my shop launched October of 2021. So would you say that since then, which right now we're recording this in May of 2022. um, So if I'm doing the math, like six, seven months into your Mm -hmm. shop, would you say that you have seen your email list grow, clients come into your business? Have you seen like a direct impact on the other side of your business from the shop at this point? Yes, of course. When I went in, I really had a revenue goal. So in full transparency, I have not hit my revenue goal Mm -hmm. at all. I hit my revenue goal for my Black Friday sale, but not since then. But I have had clients speak of my um, shop just the way they speak of my podcast, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure you kind of experienced too. You know, people are scoping you out. And so they're digging and they're researching and seeing what you're all about. Um, But using my shop for different giveaways and bundles and low ticket offers, I've I've been able to grow my email list probably about 40% since I started my shop. I've definitely heard that from other e-commerce shop owners that being able to participate in these bundles and having a product to put in there and a way to contribute has been major for being able to grow their email list. Yeah. And it's not just growth but it's actually engaged. So my email open rates, even though the email list grew by over 40% over these last couple of months, you would expect that as the email list gets bigger and bigger, the open rate and the click rate drops, but the open rate and the click rate are staying. Well, that's not true. The open rate is staying very consistent. The click rate has actually grown. Mm -hmm. So it's people that are getting on my list that are actually engaged. They're actually interested in what I have to say. And I've gotten emails from people, you know, people actually respond to my emails. I've had little sales here and there, and I've had people specifically reach out to me and say, I didn't buy this. This is the reason why, but I love what you're doing. And this is the reason why. So I've had a lot of good feedback since I started my shop. I love that so much. That engagement is just a joy. When people reach out to me, the podcast episode that went live this week, I did one about networking as an introvert. And that really came from a comment from somebody who reached out to me and we had a conversation and I had this idea for just doing an episode and I recorded it like immediately. It's just those reaching out is just always so appreciated. And I love having those conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. And you know, you send these emails and you're on the social media and sometimes it feels like it's it's landing on deaf ears. But when you get people that take the time to respond, then that can, you know, one response can bolster you for like a couple of months. Like, oh, they listen. So let me go put some more, you know, good content out there or what mm-hmm. have you. It really, it's so true. I saw a post on Instagram today and there was a lady pretending she had like a DJ booth and she had the music going and she's like, I'm talking to all my followers in social media. And then you pan out and there's like one person in a field just dancing because <laughs> sometimes it feels like that. It's just like I, maybe people are seeing it and they're appreciating it, but you know, just how life is, we don't always engage. And that means so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you shared with us about you know, some questions that you would ask someone if they were coming to you and wanting to, or they were starting to think about opening their own e-commerce shop. Is there anything else you would share as far as first steps with somebody if they're thinking, this could be for me, but where do I go next? So the next thing I would say is, well, I think I already said it, just really trying to map out 
how it fits with your other offers. Myself, for example, the main offer is online business management services and the virtual assistant is kind of like a bundle. So that's the main thing. And then I do offer VIP days for people that need like that 90-day plan, like the time management and strategy. And then the next one down is if someone just wants a one-off strategy session. So those are like my main three offers, different ideal clients, a little bit different price points. So when I was looking at my e-commerce shop, it's like, how is that going to fit? Is like, how, how is it going to, I don't want it to just be like sitting over here, these random templates. So I had to think through how all of my offers are connected and how to weave that in. So it's almost like, well, for me, what I decided to do is that the template is almost like the beginning of its own funnel. So you get the template and then you kind of get a coupon to get the strategy call, which leads into a VIP day or the online business management. And then trickling back if someone wants the online business management, but it's something that they can't afford. Or I've had this happen where people, they just want the systems created. And it's like, if I don't feel like it, then I'm like, you know what? You can grab two of these these SOP templates and get what you need. And then neither one of us had to fool with each other. So that's how it works. So I would say think really take time to think through the current offers that you have and how that decommerce shop will fit into the offer. And then think about where you want your business to be and make this as you're building your decommerce shop. Make build the e-commerce shop to help your business get to where it wants to be. So, like for example, I don't want my I didn't want my e-commerce shop to be super um, complicated or like really tech heavy for me or my clients. I want to be able to say like everything's all in one place and everything is all integrated. And so, I decided to make my e-commerce shop on Squarespace. I could have put it on Etsy. I could have had a custom site at Shopify or WordPress, but for where I want my business to be in the next year or two, putting it on a platform that I already have was what made the most sense. And now I've got Thrivecart and there was other texts that I had access to that I could have put things together, but I'm like, I want it simple for me and I want it simple for my clients. So this is the tech stack that I'm going to use because that fits where I'm trying to build my business. So. I guess see how it fits in with your offers and then see how it's going to help your business get to where you want it to go. I love that you shared that because even as an OBM working in lots of different platforms, I might have an aspirational tech stack that I really would like, or I know that I need to move to at some point because you've seen like after there's this many people that are going to come through, you're going to need to switch things up. But starting with what we have and not overcomplicating, I think is such a powerful way to actually make movement forward in your business. Yeah. Because just to use myself as an example, again, at the time I was hosting courses on Podia. And so Podia has a, a product buying or product selling option. You can sell digital downloads there. And then, you know, I had the Thrivecart cart, but all of those were at my disposal. All of those I've already bought and paid for, but it still wasn't going to be succinct. So that's why I decided to stick with Squarespace. Yeah, that makes sense. And just as an aside, how have you liked Squarespace? Because as people are thinking about, you know, do I go, maybe they don't have anything right now and they're trying to decide between maybe Shopify and doing a Squarespace add-on, which I would say 
in my mind, and I don't know, I haven't worked with the Squarespace commerce site, but it seems more accessible for people who uh, might not be that interested in tech or learning the tech. Mm -hmm. I love Squarespace to be completely transparent. I started, I did my own Squarespace when I first was being Carrie Roberts coaching, just really just trying things out. I just kind of dabbled around and built it from scratch. I liked that it was easy to use. And then when I knew what I wanted it to look like, I did invest in um, a brand strategist and a website designer to create the website that you guys see now. But she put all of the bones in the website. And so when I put the shop on my website, I did that myself because it's in essence, it's just another page on my website. So it's already branded. It's the colors and everything already match because that's something that the designer already put in the website. So since I already had the Squarespace, it was really easy. And then also the website designer that I use, she only makes Squarespace pages, Squarespace websites and Shopify websites. So when, if and when the shop grows where it really has its own budget, that's probably something I would go to down the road because Shopify gives you so much more data. But um, for starting out a shop, the Google, excuse me, the um, analytics on Squarespace is more than what you need to see if your website is successful or not. Like when I first started, I'm like, oh my, it's only this and it's only that. And the mentor that I was working with was able to explain, no, you've got really good numbers. My problem was I just didn't have a lot of traffic. So that once you see, okay, the issue is not a sales thing. It's a traffic thing. Now I know, now I can focus on getting more eyes on the website. So I think it gives you everything you need, especially for a beginner, just to try to see it. And something else that then this, this interview is by no means sponsored, <laughs> but um. If I could just say something else, the cool thing about Squarespace is if cash flow is an issue or you just want to try it out for like two or three months to see if it works, you can upgrade your website and only pay month to month. And then if it doesn't work out, you can always just go back to the personal or the business plan. You don't have to do commerce and sign these long contracts or anything, which I like that Squarespace makes it accessible on that side too. That's a really great tip. I think that'll be helpful for a lot of people just to have a little talk about the tech because I'm sure you see this too. People will get stuck on tech stacks. They can get stuck anywhere in the process, but you see a lot of people get scared of the tech and they think like, I don't have the skills or I have to save up and pay for this you know, full branded website or this full package before I'm able to do what I want to do. And there's lots of different ways to get your message, your products, your services out to the world. So try not to let those things hold you back. Yes, exactly. And I think Squarespace does like 14 days free. Um, and if you're doing it yourself, it might take all 14 days to kind of set up how you want it to look. Um, but I think it's something like, I want to say something like $40 a month for the commerce. And then it links with Stripe. And then that way, when someone buys it, it's the tech, it's set up. So you literally click and drag your item to Squarespace and then Squarespace sends it to whoever buys it and they put it on the list with Stripe and Stripe makes sure you get, get makes sure you get paid. And Squarespace does all of that inter- um, integration for you on the back end. When I was building my site and I had some friends that were on um, WordPress, that was a little trickier because WordPress, since it is so customizable, I don't think you can really build your own 
shop on WordPress, you'd have to buy a template or pay for a designer. So I did know some people that had some sticking points with that. But if you already have um, Squarespace or you're thinking about it or you just want to try it out, I think for like two, three months, I think it's definitely worth giving it a shot. Yeah. It reminds me of Kajabi because they used to, and I think they might've changed this, but they used to have like 30 days free and they might roll that out like several times a year. So you can get in there, build out what you want, and then just test it out and really see if it's the right thing for you. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love that, that Squarespace has that too. Now, I know you've mentioned your podcast, but can you tell us a little more about that? Because as a podcast girl at heart, <laughs> I I love your show and I would love if you know people... It's all going to be linked, obviously, like the shop and the podcast and all of the good stuff and how to reach out. But can you tell us about your podcast? Yes. It's called Finding Freedom with Simple Systems. It's a resource for online business owners, female entrepreneurs, a resource so you can see how incorporating simple systems into your life, into your business helps you get to your own definition of success. So I um, sometimes it's like therapy. I will go there and have my solo episodes. One of my more popular episodes, I had a really bad experience with someone I invested in. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make a podcast episode about the, what I learned from this. And then sometimes I'll go on the podcast and share our big wins. Sometimes I'll share this is what we were going for and it didn't work out. And then I usually have people on my podcast as guests that have impacted my business or that are friends that I know people that are looking to incorporate simple systems would benefit from. I think that probably as OBMs, one thing that a lot of us have in common is we just want to know the truth of the thing. And so I love that you're willing to be open and honest and share these you know, things that are happening in the day in and day out of your business through solos and also bringing these resources to people because really being able to share experiences and not feeling so alone, I think is such a powerful way to use a platform because if we feel like we're the only person who this has ever happened to or nobody else wants to shut down their business and just go work at... like anywhere else other than what we're doing some days. If we don't know that other people are feeling those ways or or hiring the wrong person, then it could feel like there's a lot of shame, you know, when mm-hmm. we when we feel alone. So I love what you're doing with your podcast. Thank you. And I think you just gave me a new, a new idea. What happens when you hire the wrong person? I'm going to I'm writing that down right now. <laughs> All right. We're going to be tuning in. We're going to hold you to it. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. <laughs> Now, besides a podcast, how do you like people to connect with you and where do you hang out in the online space? So I'm definitely on the Instagram the most. I said the Instagram like an old person. I was going to say the gram, but then... (laughs) Either way, I like it. (laughs) Mostly Instagram. My name is K-A-R-I. So it's at carrie.and.company. That's where I mostly am. Slide into my DM. Tell me what you liked about this conversation. If I missed anything, I'm I'm an open book. Yes. I saw that you did a live yesterday. I was checking that out. So you are over there doing good things. Thank you. Yeah. The lives, they just kind of hit me. And, and sometimes I'll have an episode on the podcast and then it'll still be swirling in my brain. So I'll do a quick live because every once in a while people are actually watching live. 
And then sometimes I have an idea for a live and I'll just jump on and do that. And then as I'm talking, I'm like, oh, these are like good talking points. I should put it on the podcast. (laughs) That's why I love having a podcast is this weekend. I thought I had like a series of mini topics I wanted to share about and they weren't necessarily whole episodes, but you're able to take those and, you know, make them into any type of content you want. It's such a fun medium. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I like that when I'm doing episodes, it's like I'm creating content that I know will help you and it can meet you wherever you are. It's not like you've got to set aside time to watch a webinar or to do a worksheet. You can listen while you're walking your dog. You can listen while you're doing laundry. And I love that we have the ability to meet people where they are. It's pretty amazing. I, um, a gal on my team shared a little while ago that she was listening to a podcast and they talked about how what we're doing now for work wasn't even an option when we were in school. Like I'm dating myself. You could be a lot younger than me, so I don't know. But it was like if a career counselor were to ask me in high school, what do you want to do? Like this didn't even exist as an option back then. And so what gratitude I have for the opportunities that we have now. And, you know, sometimes I think like, how would my life have been different if my mom or my grandma had these same opportunities to be able to build these businesses, to have these legacies and uh, had the flexibility to still, you know, be there for their family in whatever way they wanted. Yeah. I think about that too, especially as a woman of color, there's just you know, my grandmother wouldn't have had these opportunities and that's not lost on me. You had, she had very few options with what she could do to earn a living. And then just women in general, you know, women, what, a hundred years or so before you couldn't start their own business and, and be self-sufficient and, you know, you don't, didn't have to be married and things like that. So yeah, that is definitely not lost on me. I think it's pretty cool that we can like, you know, I, I started a whole business because I thought it was a good idea and now it's contributing to our household. And now I have a team and I get to help them contribute towards their whole households and their personal goals. And I think that is so cool. It's such a beautiful ripple effect. Mm-hmm. It really is. Well, this conversation has been as joyful as I knew it would be. And I'm I feel very inspired and I hope people, there's really from starting a shop to questions that you ask to the tech and just unraveling some of the mindset. I think there's so much gold here for people to think about. And even if this isn't something that you want to do right now, this episode will live here and you can come back and revisit it and they can come and check you out on your podcast because I bet you'll have some great content talking (laughs) about all the good stuff. Thank you. Thank you so much, Julie. This is a lot of fun. I have enjoyed it. And I just thank you for coming today. Thank you. So what did you guys think? Are you excited to start your own digital commerce shop? Because I know I am. Maybe that's a sneak peek into what's coming soon. Now, if you guys don't already know, if you follow me on EG, you've probably seen that my signature course, Higher Higher Pants on Fire, by the way, is it just me? I love that name. 
It's open now for enrollment. This round is different than other rounds in that I'm going to be doing this round live with everybody who enrolls. And so it's like you had me as your OBM and get to ask all those questions. I'll look over anything you create. We're going to have so much fun. We go through creating the foundation that you need for your hiring process. Then we figure out who you need to bring on. We look at all the pieces of your business and determine what that perfect next hire is for you. And all Also with those lessons and that information, you'll be able to look at hiring for the next several people on your team and build out that system and process. So you'll be set bringing on those other team members. Then we look at how to create the perfect job description. So you're attracting the right people into your business and you don't have to wade through countless applications that aren't a fit for you, your values, or your business. We talk all through the interview process. What are my favorite questions to ask? How to rate and score your interviews? Should you be doing test projects? And then we go into the onboarding and offboarding of those team members, hopefully more onboarding than off, but both are necessary processes to have set up and will really support you and that team member to have the best experience possible. If this sounds like you, if you're hiring in the next one to six months, definitely check out the link in the show notes, or you can go to julietraining.com backslash dream team to find out more. If you're a fast start like me and you like shortcuts, go to Instagram and send me a DM with one word hire, and I will send you that link directly to your inbox. As always, I'm so grateful for you guys and we'll see you in the next episode.